Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, the wealth activator, Lisa Drennan. And today we have another special guest, Amber Larkins is a creative artist, a published brand photographer, storytelling expert, a serial entrepreneur, a dynamic speaker, and a forward-thinking visionary. Her driving passion revolves around empowering purpose-driven individuals and brands to effectively communicate their stories visually by facilitating the art of storytelling with impact. Amber also proudly hosts Through the Trauma podcast, which is a transformative transformative platform where she engages with a spectrum of remarkable guests who have defied all odds, finding profound success in the face of adversity. I like that. Some of those words were a little bit challenging for me, but <laughs> it's okay. My audience is aware of that. <laughs> so thank yeah. you so much, Amber, for, for being here. I love what you're doing. Um, the creative side, how you've just married those talents in that you're multi-passionate and you've just stepped into doing what you love to do. So with all of these passions, being a serial entrepreneur, do you have multiple income streams coming in? Yes, I do. And and first, Lisa, thank you so much for having me here. I'm such a pleasure to be on your on your show. Um, you. But yeah, we we do several different things. I am a visionary by heart. So i my mind stays super busy and super engaged in a lot of different things. Um, and I used to think something was wrong with me because I did that all the time. But now I'm learning that that is a God-given gift that I mm -hmm. have. And um, and it's something that drives me, something I'm super passionate about. And I just, I love doing what I do. I love that. And you could tell just when you talk about it, your face just lights up mm -hmm. and being a visionary is cool because you get to see things that are, some people would find challenging and then using that to be able to make money. What's your favorite way to make money? You know, I worked for many years trying to figure out how to couple the idea of doing something I'm super passionate about with making money. So I don't know, like if you look at all the different things that I do or I'm engaged in, I wouldn't say that there's one particular thing. I would say that it's an overarching idea of just empowering people, empowering people to be the best they can be and find their purpose in why they're here on this earth. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. One of my clients is a human design expert, and it's one of my favorite things to learn about myself and why are we here? And I remember reading the book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick, Rick Warren, I believe. And it's just like, yeah, why am I here? I know I'm here for a reason. So what can I do? And when we find that true passion, it just is so easy. And in my community, people are like, oh, you have to work. And I'm like, no, I don't work. <laughs> What I do is not work. I, I retired from my career job. This is fun. So when you think about all the, the multi-passions that you have and your your branding, what is what made you want to like create the branding and to help people see themselves in that way with that creative, the creativeness behind it? Mm -hmm. There was a it was a journey for me. Um I backing way back into college, like I was a marketing major. I got into business early on. I thought business was the way to go. And I always envisioned myself as a as an entrepreneur or some some type of business person, career. And um I got into fitness. I was I struggled with my weight, but probably not what you think. I struggled with being super skinny. And I was very uncomfortable, very insecure with that. So in college I got into I'm like, I'm gonna gain some weight. <laughs> So I got into fitness and I started, that was the only way I could really put on weight. Um, so I got into doing fitness and got into doing fitness competitions, got into that whole industry. And that led me when I got finished competing, got married, had kids, all those things. I didn't want to compete anymore, but it led me into, I've always been a creative. Um, so I started a photography business. I got a camera to take pictures of my kid. And uh, when he was a baby and ended up photographing athletes, I was like, you know, it'd be really cool if I could kind of get back involved in fitness, but from this angle, like on the other side of the camera and shooting athletes was something that I loved because I love fitness, but I started to hear stories of impact. Fitness is one of those things that people will use to overcome things whether that be addictions or, you know, uh, horrifying accidents. I've, I've, I've shot people that have, the doctors told them they could never work out again, um, or they've had diseases that they've said they're not allowed to lift. It's story after story after story. And I think it was in that where I began to feel like, you know, I'm hearing all these stories and it's really not fair that I'm the only one hearing these. There needs to be a way to get these stories out more and social media, what just wasn't enough for me. And so I started really praying about how I could make a difference using what I was doing, which was photography. And uh, that pushed me into these sessions called transformation through trauma. And I started photographing people's trauma, the emotion, and then what they had overcome. And that manifested in so many ways uh, than I can even, even imagine. But I couldn't even imagine where that was going to go when I started it. But over time, I started seeing, I was, I loved business. I loved fitness. And I started seeing this mindset of the two was very similar. And uh, as I worked on growing my fitness business, I was like, and I would work with fitness businesses, like personal trainers, people that had food prep companies. So I was working with branding, but niche down into fitness um, but that's kind of how I got into that's it led me into working with athletes and working with businesses. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah. And so both of those are empowering how, how to empower people to be the best they can be in both mm-hmm. physical and, you know, in their, in their career. Yeah. Yeah. F- being financially fit is uh, a topic that I love to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> and when we compare our financial fitness, you know, it, it parallels so perfectly with taking care of our bodies and, you know, I'm a certified profit first professional and we look at, you know, the plates, like what's, what's on your plate are you overspending or, you know, what have you. So in your businesses, when you're thinking about being financially fit, what's one parallel in the physical realm that you like to compare it to? Comparing the fitness to the, to the business mindset. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Well, it's funny. I was just talking about this recently about I compare everything back to fitness because that's where I really started, you know, from a very young age, I got into fitness, but tracking, uh, looking at metrics, doing all of these different things that has to do with the details being very detail oriented. It's very, very important. And when I started competing years ago, I would count macros. We would, you know, I would count reps, how many, you know, everything I was doing was tracked. And when I got into business, I didn't do that. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I started seeing things fall apart. And, um, and I, to be honest with you, it took me a really long time to get to see the importance of that. But I think that is one huge thing that you can compare the two. You have to track and looking at my business now, like you have to be able to track those things. Mm-hmm. You have to see what's happening. You can't change things if you don't, if you can't change, if you can't see what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so important to track all of it. You know, the the gross revenue, the operating expenses, the taxes, all of the things. And when you track it and you see it all, you know, on just like, you know, for us, we have it on the palm of our hand. We have a wealth activation roadmap and we're like, we know exactly where our money is and how it's being spent, you know, and whether or not there needs to be any changes. Cause I know a lot of entrepreneurs will have extended operating expenses and then some companies won't make it past the five-year mark because they've just stretched themselves so thin. When you think about the challenges of tracking, you said you didn't do it initially. What was the what motivated you to say, okay, I need to start paying attention to these numbers. I think when you start running out of money (laughs) (laughs) as a visionary, I'm a visionary and I can look at things and say, I want to do X, Y, Z in my business. I have this idea and that idea and my mind's always working, but then you start to see like, okay, I'm spending here. I'm ignoring this and I don't know what's working and what's not working. I don't know what to do more of and what not, what to do less of. I don't know. Um, So it was probably, that was my main driver as far as how to, when I said I need to really start looking at this and I had mentors, I've had a lot of coaches and mentors and um, I'm very hardheaded. I I like the hardcore mentors that are like, you're going to do this or your business is going to die. And, um, so I had a, I had a one or two of those that <laughs> come along and said that, and then, you know, you start tracking and you're like, oh, this works. Yeah, it definitely works when we track those expenses. I, I like to say we give every dollar a job and 
<laughs> paying ourselves first is so important. So when you think about your owner's comp and creating that real revenue, what drives you to want to make sales? What drives me to make sales is probably purpose. I, I think purpose is so it's so prominent in my business that it's uh, it's one of those things that I have. It's it's what wakes me up every morning to do what I'm doing, mm -hmm. and um, it makes me want to grow. You know, I think that I, I I can't say that I know this about other entrepreneurs, but I I do think that sometimes as humans, we can get very content in places. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I have a big vision. I have a big purpose. I have a big mission. And I can't just be content. Like, I can't stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And having that drive and that power is just such a beautiful experience to be able to say, you know what, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to go do it. And there's no stopping. When we think about money mindset, and our prices and, you know, the services that we provide, what is your, when you first started off as a business owner, what was your initial reaction to creating your packages um, in comparison to the value and the, and the dollar amount that you were charging at that time versus now? Like how, how have you seen yourself grown that way with your mindset? Well, when I first got started, I was, you know, photography is one of these things. I really started photography as a hobby. Um, I did not start it as a business and it started making money. And um, I felt bad. I felt bad for charging people. I felt like, you know, I'm not, it doesn't cost me anything. Although that was a lie that I told mm -hmm. myself, it's not costing me anything. I go out, I photograph, I'm doing something I love. So why am I charging people for this? And um, then as business grew, demand grew for, for what I was doing, it became overwhelming and it became a lot to the point where I'm like, I have to, now I'm seeing the, I'm seeing how this is affecting my, you know, my kids, the time away from my kids. I'm seeing the amount of time and effort and to grow a business, you have to have, you have to have money, like you said, to apply back into your business when you don't have that, you can't grow. And so I'm like, I'm really hindering myself from growing and providing people the best service. So when I sat and I really meditated on these things and started realizing, then you start to see the value. And um, I think even still for someone like myself, I'm, I'm, I'm an empath and I love what I do. And sometimes I still have to remind myself even now that, hey, you're worth this. And and you find too in any type of service business, I I find and other people I know that I've worked with that are in service businesses, you get a different type of clientele. You know mm -hmm. that that when you're charging the more premium prices, you're getting more premium clientele, and um, and you can provide for them at a more premium service mm -hmm. versus you know when you're skimping on everything, then they're also getting skimped on service. So you don't want to do that in, in business. So yeah, that's, that's the big difference. I like that. And to come to that realization is so important, especially for our listeners, because a lot of them get stuck, you know, they, they plateau at that, you know, six figure mark. And they're like, why can't I just make more? And the thoughts are our most powerful tool, what we tell ourselves, the stories, so when you think about your money story, 
what's the first thing that pops up into mind? If money was a person, what would your relationship look like? Um, I would say a relationship with money is, um, it's definitely been a rocky relationship, <laughs> but I feel like once you understand, once you learn how to manage it, how to use it, how to use it for your benefit, then I feel like, and how to, how to use it to grow, how to reinvest and not just using it to, you know, to buy extra things here and there when you, you know, but to really use it and, at the end of the day, money is a powerful tool to use to help others. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like when we can see it that way, it, it changes everything about, about money. Yeah. So I would say it's ended in a very good relationship. I love that. And sometimes, you know, even as a wealth activator, money and I don't see eye to eye. And I'm like, what are you doing? Especially with some of the investments and the way the market is right now. But mm-hmm. having that relationship, like moving from, if you compare it to dating, you know, when you first meet somebody, you know, and we we date, you know, like when my kids were little, we used to take them on dates of special days, like to give them that special attention or, you know, my mom and I used to go to lunch dates yeah. and things like that. So it's not in the sense of dating romantically, it's in the sense of connecting and bonding. And when I first started dating money, it was like, okay, why aren't you ever around? You're like a one night stand, you, you know, dash and dine, <laughs> like you need to stick around. And, you know, that's that mentality of, I feel like I'm living check to check. And a lot of entrepreneurs have that. There's this feast and feast or famine type of mentality. What is one thing that helped you keep it consistent, even when you had zero months or months that were lower than what you anticipated? Yeah, I I really believe it goes back to purpose, um, purpose being a main driver for do, what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing, the why behind what you're doing. Um, and I, you know, I've never considered the money situation like you just described it as far as I, I, I listened to your podcast, like I date money and, but I had never put two and two together, but I'm actually reading a book right now, um, the alter ego effect mm-hmm. and where he puts an identity to everything. Mm-hmm. So I love that you put an identity to money mm-hmm. there because it's so true. You, it, it changes the way you view it. Yes, absolutely. And I do that with everything. I do that with, you know, feelings, especially because I had a really hard time processing feelings, identifying, because I got so good at hiding from them. You know, and I always tell my clients, our thoughts are our most powerful tool. They create your feelings and we're meant to feel, you know, what we do during that time is, you know, gets to be complicated, but those feelings get us the action steps, which get us the results that we want. And when you can personify money, it's energy and it's available to everybody. It's just there. And when you manage it in a way where you are connecting with it and saying, you know what, I get to do good things. You know, like one of in my money multiplier system, we get to give 10% away. We get to support someone else, you know, and one of my favorite things to do is once every time I sign on a new client, I sponsor a woman through Compass Care, which is um, women facing unplanned pregnancies, and they give them the support that they need to first verify that they're pregnant, and then they have an ultrasound and STD, and then they give them they tell you, this is what happens if you choose abortion. Like nobody talks about that, right? So they give them all of the details and then they're able to make an informed choice. 
And it's such a beautiful organization that has been around since 1993 or 1994. Um, so I just love being able to support that agency, that, that um, purpose behind what they're doing. And just, you know, and that's what we get to do when we get to receive money. And a lot of entrepreneurs come into coaching industry, you know, brick and mortar business, whatever, thinking, oh, I'm going to make all this money and it's going to be so easy. And, but they don't realize, especially when we start off as a solopreneur, you wear a lot of hats. You know, you're the salesperson, the marketing person, the social media, the podcast host. So thinking about all the hats that you wear in your different businesses, what, how do you manage that hat changing? Yeah, that I believe comes with with practice. Um, it, it comes with, I do believe I am of the belief that you have to kind of do all of these things in the beginning because you can't really hire for those particular places until you know them. I had a coach tell me I, I, I of all the things in my business that I really just don't like is for sales. Go figure. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Cause I'm like, Oh, you have a soft story. Well, I'll give it to you for free. And so, <laughs> which is not good for dating money. Right. Um, no. So I, I, I struggled with that for a lot of years and I had a mentor tell me, he said, Amber, you have to do sales because you cannot hear what your customer needs, what they're, what you can't see their, their heaven and hell until you talk to them and you find out what what are they really needing and um and you can't solve their problem till you know what they're really needing and after that you know it 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 took me a long time to get into the idea of I'm not actually selling them I'm actually giving them something of value we're doing a trade I'm mm -hmm. giving them something of value and they're giving me business and um I think when you change your mindset around that, it 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 shifts something. But uh, wearing all of the hats, I think it's something you have to do in the beginning. Eventually, I believe you can hire for all of those things. But being able to manage your time that that goes back to one of those fundamental principles that you have to have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be disciplined. You have to be somewhat organized, um, and you you just have you have to be able to manage that. And it comes sometimes with practice because it. It's um, sometimes it's a hard thing to manage and it's a hard thing to learn how, how to manage that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. So tell us what's your, your main thing that you're serving others with. Tell us a little bit about your, that business. Yeah. So I still shoot fitness. I still work with athletes. Um, we work with just a general, someone who's wanting to show progress in their own physique on a personal level, we also work with influencers. We work with um, fitness businesses, like I said before. Then we also have branding programs where we work with all different types of branding. I've worked with brick and mortar companies. I've worked with coaches and speakers and um, authors, different types of businesses. So not just fitness, um, but we are shifting now where photography is huge, but we're seeing a big shift with video being really big. And um, there's still, I still believe there's a place for still photography, but, um, but video is huge. And as we move more into this digital age, we're, we need video. So we've, we're launching kind of, 
we've been doing this for years, but we've kind of just launched a package for this where it's really a content package. So where people come, they have these businesses and we cater the content to them. So value-based content, very intentional-based content on what they're doing, because I'm of the belief that if we can help other people get their voice heard, then this is what's making the impact. I believe in, uh, entrepreneurs have major ability to make major impact in the world. They are the movers and shakers, the visionaries, the people who are changing the world, I believe. So my heart and my goal is to help other entrepreneurs make those shifts. And if I can help them make their shifts in their businesses, then I've done my job. So um, I love photography. I love the creative side of it, but I love being able to help people build and mold their business and get heard and get out there in front of people. So we're moving to more of a content model um, mm -hmm. with, with the businesses. And then I also, the podcast that I do, which is a complete passion project was stemmed from my transformation through trauma uh, sessions, photography sessions, which there's a video component to that as well. Um, but I have a vision for this project to specifically cater to entrepreneurs who have big reasons why they do what they do, big stories as to like possibly a, type, a trauma or something has happened in their life that has now pushed them into coaching this type of person or mm -hmm. writing books or doing all these things. So um, it's kind of that has shifted a little bit into origin stories. We're, we're doing a lot of origin stories for people who have these big reasons why they're doing what they're doing. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. What's one, what's your best financial tip that you can share with the audience? My best financial tip would be track everything, <laughs> track <laughs> everything from, from what's going on in your business to what is happening in your finances. Um, you know, we, it's easy to get caught up and sign up for things we forget we sign up for, especially in business, because there's all these tools that you need and that we think we need, and then we don't use. Uh, but I would just say track everything. Tracking is so important and being detail oriented is very, very important. Yeah, that's a, that's a really fantastic tip. Well, thank you so much, Amber, for being here, for sharing. For those of you listening, check the show notes if you want to connect with Amber getting that branding content creation going, and maybe you want to be a guest on her podcast, definitely tune in. We'll put all the links to connect with her in the show notes. And if you know anybody who would love to hear this interview, please share it with them. Be sure to give us a five-star review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. 
Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.